To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bitch Homes Podcast 77. Your Opinionated Bitch Homes are back for another edition of the podcast. Got your boy Los in here with me, as always. Got Ramon here as well, and we're ready to get it cracking. We want to say thank you to all our supporters that have been following us and subscribing to the podcast and downloading the podcast. It really shows episode by episode the downloads are climbing, so we really appreciate that. Please continue to share if you haven't with a friend or and please continue to subscribe. Please continue, continue to leave reviews. And we greatly appreciate it. It doesn't go unnoticed. I don't want to waste any more time. Fellas, what's going on? What's cracking? Excited, man. I mean, you look at it, it's like uh, we about three weeks away from NBA starting back. Um, you know, today is like one of the coldest days, you know, <laughs> and as, as we record this December 1st. I'm excited to get this going and get this this episode recorded. Yeah, man, same here. Always some good stuff going on in the sports world, especially being kind of in the peak of the NFL season, a lot of things going on. Like you said, the NBA is around the corner, so it always gives us some good things to talk about, and I'm excited to get into it. So might as well jump right into it. I'm glad you mentioned that, man. It was cold as I don't know what today. I don't know what has gotten the weather. I live in southern Louisiana. It's no way it's supposed to be that cold down here. But watch about a weekend, Ramon. It'd be hot. It'd be about in the, right. in the 78 or early 80s or something crazy like that. This Louisiana weather is bipolar by four. But, fellas, I'm glad that we are back. Man, we got to talk about it, man. We got drama in the Bay. We got we – got, comparisons of, of young guys to legends where they don't belong. I, I just want to start off, man, and just ask y'all, bro, Carson Wentz. We're going to start off kind of slow with this one. Carson <laughs> Wentz, man. Whew, we talked about it before, but it's relevant again because he was on Monday Night Football last night as they played the none other than the Seattle Seahawks. And, I mean, he looked – I said it before, he looks like he's lost all confidence – an exec from Philly came out and said that it seems like his mind is is gone. And I agree, man. It, it seems like you got Jalen Hurts come in for one snap and he's able to make a completion in a, behind that same exact terrible line that Carson Wentz is behind. I mean, the line is, is bad, but Joe Burrow's behind a bad line as well. So, I mean, I'm just saying. So Carson Wentz and his woes continue. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, it's time, man. Like, you know, it's crazy because he looks like a battered quarterback. 
you know, and I know I've seen some reports saying that it's the mental part for it right now for Carson Wentz. It's the part where, um, you know, he watched pretty much his team, you know, go and win a Super Bowl with the backup quarterback and Nick Foles. Then he look at his team and they get they draft, right? Um, you know, Jalen Hurts in the second round. Right. Instead of just, you know, getting him weapons or getting him off the line help. Um, you know, this team's three years removed from the Super Bowl. And, you know, it looked night and day different than that team that won that Super Bowl. So it's 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 kinda it, it was frustrating watching parts of that game because he just looks he just looks he just looks he doesn't look like I don't know, he doesn't look he like his his clock, his internal clock is just he's holding the ball way too long, you know, and it, it caused issues in um the game, you know, which led to six, seven sacks during the game and him being the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. You know, it, something has to change. If you realize that, hey, you know, they need to throw quicker passes, things like that, I don't know. But him Job. standing back there holding off causes a problem. Yeah, like you were saying, man, it, it's just it's just been pretty much a disaster. You already mentioned Mo Sack. He leads the NFL in interceptions with 15. He also leads the NFL in the most, like, off-target incompletions. Uh, so it's just been pretty much all bad for Carson Wentz. Um and honestly, at this point, you know, we said it before, kind of, I think you got to kind of see what Jalen Hurts can do. You know, I know that you got a ton of money that's invested in Carson Wentz and you would hope that he can turn it around. But the only positive thing that I really saw from him um, Monday night was really what he did with his legs occasionally. You know, he got out of the pocket. He kind of scrambled a little bit. He made a couple plays with his legs. But outside of that, um, it's really just kind of, it's really kind of strange to see really because you would think that a guy of his age would still be ascending or getting better and kind of entering his prime and peak. Um, and everything is just basically going downhill for him. It's just a train wreck. Well, you get into Doug Peterson and you give this guy over a hundred million dollar contract at this point, can you see kind of see that it's po- kind of politics as to why they're not in such a rush to bring in Jalen Hurts. You say that he's going to get more staff snaps. He's going to get more work. He only took two snaps Monday night, uh, Jalen did. And when he did, he was one for one and threw a great pass. He hit his hot read. Just basic stuff. I see the line is collapsing, in which Wentz is afforded the luxury of always assuming that his line is going to co- collapse. So you should always be riding that, that hot read. That's what Jalen was able to do. He was able to read this chocolate was collapsing and was able to hit his hot read. But when you look at Doug Peterson, it just seems to me his time is running out. But I think that he's just operating as if this Carson Wentz project cannot fail because I, I'm i going to look completely terrible if I, we gave him all this money and this guy is not worth that amount of money. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Sam Bradford, you know, experiment when he ran his course between injuries and, you know, him underperforming, you know, um, it, it reminds me a lot of that. And at that time, you know, the number one picks was getting paid big money, you know. And so he was probably one of the last ones to get paid huge contracts before they really put into this rookie scale. Um, so it, it definitely reminds me of Sam Bradford when that happened. Um, but, again, you something has to give here. You know, the team still is shockingly has a chance to win it if they able to string together some wins just how bad that division is, which we talked about that on one of our last few episodes. Um, but I, I'm just it, – it, it's just – it's embarrassing to watch, man. It's really – something has to give. You don't come out with these reports like you mentioned, Rob, about, 
you know, Jalen Hurts getting more snaps and then, you know, you barely give him snaps and then you ride Carson Wentz because he does okay and then he does terrible. He's so inconsistent and it's just it, – it, it's bad for the team. Well, here you have it. I mean, if you're going to continue harp, I don't want to continue harping on Wentz, but Carson Wentz right now is leading the NFL in interceptions, fumbles, and sacks. So you eventually you have to look at him. Uh, Max Kellerman, shout out to Max, has been calling for his head for about two years now. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's a thing where it, it's, becoming a, it's becoming too apparent. But do you think – Roman, I'm going to ask you, do you think Doug Peterson last passed this season? Um, ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think that I think ultimately he will, and it's tough to really call and, and, and pull a plug right now just because, like Los was just saying, they're still in the playoff hunt. You know, it depends. Like, <laughs> clash they literally, of the trash. <laughs> yeah, clash of the trash. Like, they really literally could still win that division, which I would say anyone in that division, you know, a competitor you want to win, but honestly, none of them should really want to win it because. Yeah. It's better to have that draft pick, honestly, for them. But to straight up answer your question, I think he lasts past this. I think that if it persists past this season, I think you could see the the um, the plug being pulled early next year if you see some of the same things. But I would say for this year, I think he'll still get the chance to start off next season, especially since this season, too, is a kind of jumbled up type season anyway, you know. Yeah, I think uh, the offensive play caller was hard to me as well. Yeah, uh, Philly came out firing. That defense, I don't know what got into them, but Jalen Mills and, and the list goes on. The guys were they, – their secondary came to play. Yeah. And Derek Barnett made a couple of plays on the line. Yeah. So, it, you know, to me, I felt as though they were in the game and the offense just – I mean, Russell Wilson, they couldn't figure it out for a moment or at least the whole first quarter. It was 0-0 at the end of the first quarter. So the Eagles were right in there. We, they just need the offense to do something. They just need the offense to do something. But right. we're going to flip. Uh, I don't want to harp on the Eagles too long. I think we spent enough time well spent there. But I just kind of want to talk about uh, – I want to talk about this DK versus Megatron, man. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of, a lot of folks – on social media comparing DK to the Megatron. Now, Ramon, you, you've been knowing me for years. You know how I feel about Megatron. Man. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I'm starting to become of that age. I never thought I'd see the day. I thought I'd never see the day. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I thought I'd never see the day where I've become of age to become a person that is having generational right. conversations with the younger <laughs> Sports fans, let me tell Back you something. Back in my day. <laughs> let me tell you something about Megatron. Right. If you do not know Megatron, you're not familiar with him, if you're too young to understand who he was, it wasn't that long ago that there was a guy that was standing 6'6", that's running a 4'3", that went number one, I repeat, number one in the NFL draft as a wide receiver. Let's put that to the side. Look up his highlights on YouTube and then come back and listen to what I'm about to say. Because I, I get it. The numbers that DK has shown in the first two seasons are remarkable and they are beyond Megatron. I'm not here to argue numbers with anyone, but I want to look at the eye test and you using your, your football knowledge and to look at how special Megatron was. He's going to be a first time Hall of, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer coming up in the next year. 
he is special. Megatron is on a different level. Now, DK is special too, but he's only in year, season two. You know, we've seen Odell put up phenomenal numbers, and I'm a big fan of Odell, still is, has always been at one point. But we have to let DK live, let him play a little while longer, and let's see what he becomes. But to compare him to Megatron at this point in his career is, is not a conviction of, of DK. You know, it's not a conviction for me to say that at this point, why are we comparing DK to Megatron at, after a two-year, two or a year-and-a-half season? You know, we, it's not fair to Megatron and what he has accomplished. But, guys, I officially come that guy, man. I don't know if it's generational gap or what. I don't know if it's recency bias. I don't know what it is. I do – DK is a phenomenal player, but let's not do it, guys. Let's not jump the gun. Let's not act like this guy, Megatron – made the made, just make casual plays of catching a, a Hail Mary pass, a 60-yard Hail Mary pass with four people on him. Let's not act like we hadn't seen this time and time again. DK is great. Don't get me wrong. And I'm, I I love watching him play, and I think he's phenomenal. But let's not compare him to, to Megatron yet, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it is too soon. But you know, I, I get the I get the comparisons. You know, I definitely get the comparisons from the size, the speed, you know, and the catch radius. You know, so I get the comparisons, but it's too soon to give DK his roses. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just let's just hold off. Yeah, I, I think I'm similarly along the the same lines as y'all. But what I will say is that. I don't think that for the oh, most part them. we got one. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think that you're right. I don't think that for the most part people are saying right now that he's Megatron. I think that people are projecting when they say that. And so I, I use a, a an example. But don't do that. Give him his own nickname. Don't say that yeah. he's Megatron. Yeah, but, but let me say this as an example though. You know, uh, you know, our favorite player basketball wise, Kobe Bryant. You know. Kobe matched up in probably his second year, I want to say, in the NBA. It was he and Mike that were matched up. Kobe dropped 31 points in that game. And when you go back to that game, you hear the announcers start making the parallels and the comparisons already between Kobe and Mike and saying that Kobe can be the next one. And so I'm just saying with this DK situation, I just don't want to completely write this off. I don't. I do agree that he's not Megatron at this point, but you can see things there that he has potential to be special. Do I think that personally he'll ever be peak Megatron? I don't think he'll ever be peak Megatron. Peak Megatron is a top five receiver all time for me. Number you two, might say top three. Maybe where, he's in the fantasy football <laughs> hall of fame. Yeah, like the peak. <laughs> Peak Megatron <laughs> is, like, pretty much, to me, as good as you can get as a wide receiver. Like, Peak Megatron, to me, there was no weakness. Like, I couldn't look at his route running and say, okay, he's a poor route runner. I couldn't say, oh, he can't go get the jump ball, win the 50-50 balls. I couldn't say he don't have the deep end speed, you know, to take the top off the defense. It was like he literally basically had everything. But I will just say – I, I can see that DK, while I don't think he will be Megatron, I can see where the comparisons are coming from. Well spoken, my friend. Well spoken. I I can't argue that. I think that is well said. 
my brother. But the question remains, and I'm going to refer this to Lowe's. The question remains, how early is too soon? How early is too soon? That's what we're coping with right now. People want to oh. jump on the gun. We, we become a slave to the moment. But if you are, have been privileged to watch a lot of sports, you see great players all the time, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think the timelines are different when it comes to NBA and NFL, right? With the NFL, we always say give a player three to four years and see where they're at, right? You always see how teams adjust, see how teams scheme against them. Now, if that player is still putting up numbers and doing well, then, okay, now they're getting into that upper echelon of players, right? And so just like we talk about with the quarterback, right, after that third year, we want to see improvement. We want to see them commanding the team, just like we say with the receivers as well. After that third year, can this receiver still be putting up numbers? You know, the first two years, first year, you caught everybody by surprise. Second year, okay, he's, he, he, he can make a name for himself. Now, if you're still doing this three years and beyond, then I feel like, okay, now you're in that great. You can be mentioned amongst the greats because, again, doing it three years at the highest level is tough. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see that. I can agree with that. Uh, well spoken, but man. I got, but yeah. man, I got some – we got some smart smart <laughs> sports minds on this podcast, man. I, we don't say it enough, man. We too modest, bro. We got to let people know, man. Hey, I'm gonna stop right there because I'm like too far. <laughs> but yeah, I think that it, you know, let's see. You know, let, let's let's hold our horses. He did have a remarkable game. I'm gonna give it to Ramon because I want, but I want everybody's thoughts, of course, but I want to give it to Ramon just starting off. Coach Snyder was Megatron's coach, and apparently it's reports saying that he told DK before the game that you're not on Megatron's level. And then we see what what DK went out and did. He had eight receptions. What was it, eight or ten? I want to get it right. Ten receptions. Ten receptions, 177. Yards. Ooh, 177 yards. Oh, I read it on my eyes getting back. Yeah, you might have been looking at first half. <laughs> yeah, I might have. Because he went off in the first the half. I did go to, I hit the snooze. The game ran <laughs> too late for me. And when I went to bed, he had 110 yards. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah 177 yards, 10 receptions. I love, you know, you know me, and if you listen to this podcast, I love competitiveness. I love trash talk. I love, you know, like I played on a couple podcasts ago, you know, uh, D-Hop telling a guy, look, I know I'm the best. You know, I love this. You know, and DK, after the game, you know, he had a little fun on Twitter and reacted to Coach Snyder and said I took Swartz. the uh, – Swartz, sorry, sorry, Snyder, Swartz, Coach Swartz, and showed the little meme what – well, Michael Jordan from his documentary where he kept saying, I took offense to that. <laughs> then I he, took that personally. I took that personally, man. What, <laughs> what you thought about that, man? Nah, I liked it, man. I liked seeing that from DK. First of all, I, I don't really understand why, you know, Jim Schwartz would do that. I don't know why he right. would, <laughs> why he would feel the need, need to say, hey, you want the guy that I coach. Like, I, I, I just – I still didn't understand that whatsoever. Um, and he didn't come out and refute it. So in my mind, he must have said it because if he didn't say it like that, I feel like we would have heard something at this point that he would have come out and said, hey, that's false what DK said. Um, but I love the competitiveness from DK, man. I like to see, like you said, he he came out with a chip on his shoulder. He said that, that once that was said, that just amped him up even more, and he wanted to go out there and prove a point. And the thing about it is he proved that point. Like he went out there – 10 receptions, 177 yards. 
you know, he looked pretty much unstoppable out there. And that's matching up with, to me, one of, you know, the, the best corners in the game or a top-tier corner in Darius Slay um, and pretty much destroying him. So, you know, I, I thought it was really, you know, kind of interesting. Still don't understand why Schwartz said it, but I like the way that DK uh, reacted to it. So, you know, I thought it was good. Yeah, man, it, it was good. Meanwhile, I mean, we got a lot going on in the NFL. We we saw my Saints real quickly. We're not going to spend much time on this, but the Saints have been part of headlines. I'm not being biased, but we saw for the first time in a long time where a non-quarterback was starting for an NFL franchise besides Tim Tebow. <clears throat> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so due to COVID protocols, due to COVID tracing, the Denver Broncos were left quarterbackless for the game this past Sunday against my NFL Saints. They ended up having to start a wide receiver who played quarterback at Wake Forest for three years, but he was a wide receiver on their practice squad. What's his name? Hinton? Yeah, yeah. Last Hinton. name Hinton. Okay, Hinton. I'm sorry. We messing that up. Uh, Hinton. But, I mean, he didn't – he didn't only had, like, what, one or two completions. But he didn't get past midfield. We didn't hold the, the horses. Our defensive line did what they've been doing all year, might I add. But, I mean, what do y'all – I mean, I've never seen anything like that. It was it was pretty tough to watch. But I didn't want this podcast to go uh, without giving him his proper respect, for him to do that in, a, in less than a 24-hour span. Find out that you're going to start an NFL quarterback game. And then I want y'all to talk about kind of how irresponsible this quarterback room is. Because I know that if I'm the third string quarterback and I've been waiting for my chance all season, this is it. All I have to do is wear a mask and follow the protocols, and I might will be starting my NFL game. You know, that ship might have sailed for them, you know? Yeah. Um, it was pretty embarrassing to watch, to be honest, from the <laughs> offense. You know, it just – I mean, again, I – for what he did, it was great for what he did. He didn't play great, let's be honest. But to be put in that situation, you know, and still be able to not – I don't know, because he played pretty terrible, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's just to be put in that situation, <laughs> I take my hat off to him, you know. To, but again, they put that man out there like that. <laughs> if anybody else yeah. going to say it, I'm going to say it. Why they put that man out there like yeah. that? I mean, they were pretty much forced to do it, though. Like, to me, ultimately, I had a bigger problem. I mean, I have a problem with the way that the quarterback room handled it. I do. But I also have a problem with the NFL because I feel like the NFL is picking and choosing how they want to handle this COVID situation. Like, I feel like they gave the Denver Broncos the short end of the stick. For all these other teams, they've been able to figure out, okay, we'll postpone this. We'll move this back a day or two. We'll move it back three days. And then they get to the Denver Broncos, and you like you don't have a quarterback, and it's like, well, I'm sorry, <laughs> figure it out, <laughs> go grab somebody, you know. Then even when they tried to, I know Denver tried to, you know, do something special to get like I think it was one of the coaches who used to play QB or something, and the NFL didn't let that happen. And it, I just feel that the NFL gave them the short end of the stick, and they just had to roll with it. He did the best he could do, which wasn't really that good, but it was just a crazy situation to see. I just don't – I have no complaints, so we can move on. I just – I didn't want to, you know, spend this time. But I will say this, guys. I'm not convinced on Taysom, bro. Taysom kind of looked kind of uh, – you know, he missed a lot of throws last – yesterday. Uh, AK has just seemingly been just useless 
not due to AK's ability. It's just we're not able to get it to him. I don't know what's going on, man. Like, I don't see how you got a full-pledged quarterback who's taking more than – that's thrown more than two two NFL passes on your bench. I don't care if he threw 30 picks last, last year. He threw 30 touchdowns as well. Give him a shot, man. But anyway, I'm not going to – it's not a Saints podcast. I just had to get that <laughs> off my chest. <laughs> that didn't have that didn't have nothing to do with this, but I just thought that I should mention. So, in a term, you got something? Luke? You got some? Okay. So, Ramon, here we go, man. I, 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 I've been itching to get to this. I, I've been itching to get y'all thoughts on this on this next topic, just because it's it's been a big kind of a big deal. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start it off like this, man. We got some, Do you know we got some problems in Tampa Bay. Check out this bizarre uh, rapper style used by me. The B-I-G, I put my key, you put your key in. Money with- some, we got some problems. We got some beef in Tampa Bay. You know, I don't know who you got in this beef. Bruce Aarons or Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> let's just start off there. But it's definitely some beef going on there. And I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, let's just start here, give the listeners some context. And this has been going on. I'm going to play you a clip, Ramon. I'm going to play you a clip from last week from, from, uh, from Bruce. And he's been doing this literally all year, man. He's been doing this all. It's been very critical of Tom Brady and who he is. I'm going to go ahead and play this clip for you, and then I want us to discuss. We're going to fast forward uh, after the clip, Ramon. If you want to just fill in the listeners after the clip about what he has recently said after this game passed Sunday after their loss versus the Chiefs. But I'm going to go ahead and play what he said last week. We've got the guys open. We just missed them. And uh, there are times when coverage dictates you go to that guy. So um, I think we can do a better job uh, of – utilizing the deep ball in our game plan uh, more of or less of. So each each and every week so different. But uh, when they're there, we need to hit them. We can't have them going off our fingertips, and we can't overthrow them. We have Tom Collins a lot of his own. We're picking his own on the sidelines, you know, from the game plan. So um, I don't think it's a confidence problem whatsoever. It's just still um, some – it's not lack of trust. It's just lack of continuity within the offense. Man, so – yeah, so like you said, man, it's been it's been getting heated in, in Tampa. It's been something that we've been seeing kind of week after week. You know, Bruce coming out and taking these shots at Tom, and and now you're hearing him talking specifically about basically that Tom is just picking his own plays and kind of doing what he wants to do. Uh, so you're seeing really a, a power struggle there uh, in Tampa, and you're seeing really these two guys not really being able to fit together or align together, and part of it is – is due to, to me, Bruce Arian's system uh, that he runs. And I don't know if they are true fits, you know. So I think that that's kind of the latest of what's going on in, in this drama situation, in this beef that they have. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mentioned on the last podcast, I don't understand what the match, you know, you would think that he would change his offense to more so of a Tom Brady type of offense. But it seemed like he's trying to keep the same offense up, throwing down the field with a, an aging 40-plus-year-old quarterback that's shown that, you know, he's not as accurate down the field anymore. So it's a weird match. I don't I don't get it. But, I mean, again, they're still 75. They're still in the playoffs as of now. Um, a lot of time. A lot of time. 
I just think it's simply put, I think Bruce Arians off the gate just have basically, in other words, said, Tom's not my guy. That's not who I wanted to bring in. You know, it feels like Bruce Arians is in this power struggle, either with the front office or with Tom Brady. I think that Tom Brady is a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame first ballot and is, the, is regarded as the GOAT with six Super Bowl rings. So I, I don't I think that Bruce is just has had an attitude since the very beginning that I don't care how many rings you have, you know, I like to throw it down the field. I don't really feel like you're capable, you know. I will I really wish I had a younger guy like Patrick Mahomes that could sling it everywhere. And I'm not gonna adjust my system just because you're aging. I'm basically he's basically selling the front office, y'all got this guy here who's not capable of running my system. It's not my system, it's Tom. Do I particularly agree with that? I think it's fair it, from his perspective, from his eyes. But when you really totally look at it, they've given him all the weapons, whether it was Antonio Brown, whether it was Gronkowski, which I honestly, looking back on it, I don't think that Bruce wanted any of that. And then you even see it in the running back room where you've got a supremely talented running back that's more talented than Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. And still, Leonard Fournette is still fighting for playing time. So, he clearly makes it, you know, clearly Bruce doesn't really believe in superstar talent. He believes in, you know, people that he can mold and develop. And I think that he's frustrated. He may have he may have come into a situation when he accepted the Tampa job where it wasn't going to be a win now type thing. He would be maybe given two to three years to get, turn things around in Tampa. But I think he's, hey, look, you took Jameis away from me and this is what you give me, you know, and it just like, you know, Tom is, of course, royalty, and he probably carries himself with royalty, which he's earned at this point. But I just really feel like Bruce is in a position where he's really just – I think he's butting head with the front office and bumping heads with – and that's causing him to bump heads with Tom because he never wanted him in the first place. Yeah, no, I, I think you definitely knocked it out the park with the assessment of that. I completely agree with that assessment. And my thing is for these two guys, they have to determine how much they want to win. In order to win, they're going to need each other. I mean, it's just as simple as that. It can't just be Bruce Arians' way. It can't just exclusively be Tom Brady's way. Like, they're going to need to meet, you know, together somewhere close to the middle um, and figure out what's going to be the best overall thing for them as an, as an organization and as a team. Um, so, you know, something's going to have to be figured out. You can't just be, you know, somewhat passive-aggressive taking these shots in the media week after week Tom can't continue to just keep going rogue and doing kind of whatever he wants to do. They have to figure out, come together and say, do we truly want to win? And if we truly want to win, we're going to need each other to win. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. But I'll say it again. I don't care what they're going through. They're in my division in the NFC <laughs> South. And as long as they're struggling until Drew can get back, uh, we figure out our quarterback situation. I'm fine with it. So we got more COVID issues with Baltimore. This game has been postponed twice it was supposed to be some it was no three times it was supposed to be thanksgiving uh, this past thanksgiving the nightcap which we were very disappointed looking forward to the matchup it was reported lamar jackson had contracted covid tested positive for covid so they pushed the game they postponed the game and it was supposed to be sunday it didn't happen and then they pushed it to tuesday and it didn't happen again because uh, more positive tests. So yeah. the game finally supposed to be on Wednesday afternoon at 2.30, which probably most people will be at work. It's just been crazy. It's been an unorthodox year. Uh, but they say that Mark Ingram, who wasn't, who was projected, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbs, will probably will end up playing the game. 
Uh, I, I haven't got any updates on Lamar. Will he be able to play? I'm assuming he probably will. But, you know, it's a heck of a matchup if, if everyone plays. Uh, I, you know, you can either speak on the COVID issues or whatever, but, I mean, I, I'm more interested in knowing who you guys got in this game, in this crazy game. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers, man. They've been – they're the team that's not missing players and a bunch of players out because of COVID right now. Um, and I will go with the Steelers. We're talking about Steelers, Ravens, right? Not yeah. <laughs> next week. Yeah. What else? Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, you said it. Right. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So the Steelers, Ravens. I mean, and I would go with the team. Even if everybody was healthy, I would go with the Steelers. So being that you know they're missing players with due to COVID, is even makes it even more so. I'm choosing the Steelers to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Same assessment here. I would definitely go with the Steelers. I know they had a a little bit of a, a situation too where they had a couple that arose on their end, but it doesn't seem like they'll have any major names that'll be withheld from the game. I think that they're just a better team than uh, the Ravens at this point. And the Ravens haven't shown that they can really win, you know, too many big matchups um, this year. So uh, definitely go with the Steelers, but this whole situation has been crazy. And it gets back to what I was saying, even with the Denver Broncos situation, like I don't understand, like I know for this one, both teams eventually got impacted. At first, it was exclusively Baltimore, and that caused them to start pushing it. But I don't understand how you can have issues in Baltimore and quickly determine, hey, let's push this back, let's push it again. But then you have issues with Denver, and it's like you just got to go and play. Like, I don't understand how the NFL is picking and choosing because we know this is a bigger game. Yeah, but. yeah, I don't think it's – like you said, it's the bigger game. I don't think it's coincidence that the best team in the league right now and the Baltimore Ravens, who Lamar Jackson is a draw, uh, you know, across the league, that they would want this matchup to happen regardless. But I think they're losing money anyway because, I mean, 2.30 on a Wednesday, I don't think that the views would have been as high as a Thursday night net, nightcap. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, the NFL has a, has a history of, of – being biased and being contradictory and being uh, hypocritical. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, another quick thing, and I know this this probably will be just a little a point for your team, but, I mean, I understand partially the fine or whatever, but how do Saints get fined for not wearing masks in the post-game <laughs> right. thing, but then these other teams got all these COVID outbreaks, right. and obviously they not doing the right thing, but it's yeah. but that's just a whole other thing. But that's just yeah. that's what I just say about all the inconsistencies yeah. of the NFL. Like, you don't it's know like what to organiz- It's like an organization. I think a couple of podcasts ago, maybe a month ago, we just talked about how well the NBA handled the bubble situation compared to the NFL, and that's just across the board. You know, they don't have any – I don't think they – Roger Goodell, you know, he's not a – I think he's hard, but he's not a leader, you know, and I think that, you know, it's a difference there. Um, but, I mean, I talked ourselves to the next transition. So the NBA training camp kicked off today. We got 21 days. That's correct. 21 days until NBA tip-off, man. I don't know how to feel. At first I was like, oh, it's too fast, too fast. But the more updates I see <laughs> – the more city uniform promotions I see on my timeline, the more excited I get about tip. But, you know, it kind of – we talked about COVID, and we already are starting to see the issues affect the league, starting with the Golden State Warriors, who's already had two guys test positive for COVID. So they're going to have to push back the start of their training camp till tomorrow, I think. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But it's just, you know, COVID is, is – the, the cases are rising. You know, that's where we're at right now. The cases are rising. Uh, 
you know, it's no secret that we have the most cases than we ever have, and if we expect it to continue to climb, uh, how do you think the NBA will handle this outside of the bubble? Because that's a different, that's different than what we've seen in the bubble. How do you think the NBA will handle outside of the bubble and dealing with this, guys? I think um, part of it, what they tried to do is, of course, you know, the full schedule hasn't been released at this point. Basically, they have the first half of the season that the schedule has been released, and they're waiting to see how that goes before they release the second half. But what they're trying to do is limit travel uh, as much as they can. They can, of course, stop traveling the NBA, but pretty much when you're playing a team, a lot of the times you're going to see situations where you're playing that team back-to-back. So, for instance, for the Lakers preseason, they play the Clippers back-to-back, and then I think they play um, – it's another team. I don't know if it's the Suns or Sacramento. It's one of them, and they played all them, you know, two consecutive games as well. And so what they're trying to do is limit travel as much as possible. Um, and then also, too, that they've been very transparent that they know that they're not going to get through the season, how they got through the bubble with no cases popping up. They're aware that that's going to happen they have put in kind of their protocols of how long uh, you're going to have to quarantine if you, you know, are exposed or you test positive. Uh, They have those parameters set in place, but their main thing is let's get it going. Let's see how this first half of the season operates. And then from there, once we can see how that goes, we'll strategize for the second half of the season. To me, if we, like we talked about before, if any league is going to handle it the best or be the most impartial I would say it would be the NBA. They know that they aren't going to be able to completely avoid it. They won't be able to get fully around it, but I think that they're going to do the best that they could potentially do. Well, it sounds like you're very confident. I'm confident as well, just how organized the, the president of the United States, or the president-elect of the United States chose one of the, the orchestrators of the NBA bubble to handle the nationwide crisis of the the COVID issues. So, I mean, I, I have no, without a doubt, that the NBA will put in place the proper people and already have. I mean, I'm saying they will. They, they already have. And uh, I think that Adam Silver is a great leader. And I think the NBA is going to – I don't – I think it's going to be tough, you know, but I think that they'll get through it. And I think that that's ultimately what they want to obtain and want to accomplish – uh, but with the NBA starting so soon, it's a lot of NBA mix-ups. Uh, a lot of team, a lot of players are on different teams, man. Uh, but I, you know, I'm excited to see how this season will look, and you know, ultimately, I'm re- I'm ready for the guys to get it going. Uh, I like the things we've done in free agency, the Lakers. So I'm I'm ready to you know get it going, man. I'm ready to see what's going, what's what the new season will ha- will happen with it. Well, like, okay, guys. So I, I guess we did it again, man. We're gonna go go ahead and get out. Y'all had anything else? Are y'all? Before I get on out of here, man. That time, think, time goes think, yeah. fast when you're having fun. Huh? Right, fly, right. Flying through, man. I think. But yeah, man, man. Another episode down. You know, thank you for supporting us. Make sure that you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, make sure that you're subscribing, leave a review, share with a friend. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, to just name a few. Uh, I think we're on Overcast from when I discovered the other day. So we're on a lot of platforms. So if you like a podcast, man, we're out there. Just give us a listen, and we promise you won't regret it. We appreciate our love and support. We're going to go ahead and get on out of here. Appreciate it.